Hello and welcome to the Peter the Water Dog Saves the Planet Peace podcast. In the next few episodes, I will share audio chapters of book one of the Peter the Water Dog Saves the Planet book series titled One More Year. I hope you enjoy this story with a message to keep your stuff longer, even if it's just one more year, and in doing so, buy less stuff. Please enjoy chapters 26 through 30 of One More Year, Pedro the Water Dog Saves the Planet, Primer 1. Chapter 26, Black 2016 Carhartt Since 1889 Wool Beanie. Chemist writes training log on a 36-inch wide piece of crapped butcher paper that hangs from a large roll on the wall of Heaven's Brothers Cafe as people in knit beanies with dogs at their feet sit engaged in cozy conversations. Tilly waves to some friends as she comes in and walks over to sit next to Camus. Got you a coffee, Camus says. Thanks, what's that? It's your training log. Mick said I could hang this roll of butcher paper and we can use it to log your progress. Not sure I want my progress to be so public. What if I allow you a promo spot? A what? We'll ask people to write down possessions they've had for a long time, or maybe things they were going to replace but kept instead. We could photograph them and post them on your OMY website and social media too. You've been paying attention, but I don't have a website or social media. You do now. I do? Yes, Princess. You know Benjamin Katz Creative? Well, Ben heard about your cause and put together a site pro bono. Wow, that's nice. Tilly stands up and writes one more year at the top of the paper roll and keep your stuff longer, people, underneath. Then she adds, please share what possessions you've had for a long time. Care to get it started? Tilly asks. Kemma stands up and writes on the paper, Salvo Sofa circa 1972, Grandma's cast iron frying pan, yard sale 1960s patio furniture, soul takes time, triathlete coach Camus. Thanks, Cam, Tilly says as she gives her a hug. Camus writes, Tilly headed to Iron Man Banff next May and puts a box around it. People in the cafe look over, curious about the wall hanging. A couple stands up and walks over for a closer look. Graham runs up the trail to his house. His phone rings just as he gets to the top. What? That's kind of abrupt. Hi, Bill. How are you? Great, it's been busy. Tilly's working hard and it's an adventure. I saw the article on her One More Year project. Yeah, she's inspired by that. There's someone else who's inspired. The friend I mentioned who saw the article, he wants to pay her expenses at Banff. No product representation required, just one more year. Really? He's going to email you with the amount available, but I have a feeling it will be plenty. His only condition is that he remains anonymous. Any other strings? Nope, this is a no-strings kind of guy. Thanks, Bill. What are you doing next May? I'll be in Banff, as it turns out, Bill chuckles. Chapter 27, Ajna Eco Organic Natural 2018 Jute Yoga Mat with Carrying Strap. 
Over the days and months that follow, late summer gives way to fall and winter to spring, forming a magnificent mountain montage of strength, sacred stunt rising, and a sand glass that finds a curiosity beyond skiing, coffee, and huckleberries. Tilly cycles with Graham along the winding lakeside roads regularly now. They alternate between intense training and slower-paced scenic rides full of talking and laughing, punctuated with occasional visits from eagles, butterflies, and moose. The bike guys have been hard at work for weeks building a wooden frame in the woods just above the sacred grounds and below the logging project. It would be difficult for an outsider to discern what it is exactly, Still, they use drawings and solid engineering principles and the aesthetics of both bike stunts and tall classic wood roller coasters, such as the one they have ridden on a sunny surf day in Santa Cruz. For her running practice, Camus accompanies Tilly from the neighboring village, Bijouness, along the creek and into downtown Sandglass. Camus spots the Bijouness winery tasting room, which also serves gourmet pizzas and pulls Tilly inside as they pass. Camus does a double take on a handsome man's derriere. Tilly is immersed in Lake Bijouness almost every day. She pulls Pedro on the paddleboard as Graham paddles with Roxy in the kayak behind. Tilly removes the harness to swim faster. Pedro jumps from the paddleboard into the kayak and nuzzles Roxy. Graham ties the paddleboard to the kayak and follows, looking at his watch periodically to track her progress. Liz and Tilly sit motionless, meditating peacefully while Camus keeps opening her eyes. She gets distracted repeatedly by her shoelace, a butterfly, an itch she needs to scratch. She continues to try to meditate and opens one eye to peek at Tilly and Liz, annoyed by their meditating ease. Tilly and Pedro swim side by side in Lake Bijouness, pulling Roxy along on the paddleboard with Graham and Camus in a motorboat behind. Camus drinks a beer and occasionally blows her whistle. The bike guys and Ike ride bike trails with berms and launch themselves off a few dilapidated ghost mountain bike stunts. They come out at the structure in the woods above the sacred grounds and get to work. They hoist logs with pulleys and a tractor to brace the outside curve of a giant wood frame with a narrow mountain bike track atop it. Another day, they gather around the back of an old hand-painted pickup truck that's full of chain netting. They drag the heavy chain across the ground and bolt it to the front of the wooden structure. Snow starts to fall. They cover up their tools and equipment and get back on their bikes. The snow begins to stick and blankets the ground in a magical mountain bike wonderland as they ride together through the woods. Pedro leaps from Ike's boat and swims towards Tilly. Tilly, wearing a full wetsuit, reaches the marina first and pulls herself up out of the water onto the snowy dock. She pulls Pedro out by the harness, hugs him, and wraps him up in a big towel she had left for them on the dock. Pedro barks as Tilly waves goodbye. Tilly swims laps in an outdoor hot springs pool surrounded by snow, while Pedro runs back and forth along the pool deck as steam rises all around them. Tilly, Camus, and the bike guys snowshoe on a steep mountain trail with the beautiful snowy vista of the ice-covered lake stretching out ahead of them. Tilly and Pedro run along a rural road in a valley outside of Sandglass. There are sprouts of bright green growth that peek through the melting snow. 
Camus sits at a table at Heaven's Brothers on her MacBook and scrolls through the One More Year social media page to read recent posts. She is pleasantly surprised by all of the activity. She sees a post with a photo of a washer and dryer that reads, 1975 Maytag washer and dryer, Jill Reeder, and another, 1968 Lodge Cast Iron Frying Pan, Chap Walker. You go, Jill. Right on, Chappie, Kama says out loud. She clicks over to an online article entitled, Sandglass Athlete, Tilly DeMontant Heads to Banff Ironman. The feeling of pride for her best friend and the increasing momentum gives her a boost of extra enthusiasm. She looks up to see Mayor Patrick writing on the craft paper roll on the wall. 1985, 21-foot, well-craft scarab, 80s boat beetle, Pat O'Connor, sandglass. That's amazing, Mayor Pat, Kama splurts out. He smiles in response. Well, my wife says I'm cheap, but they don't make things like they used to, and there's no sense in buying new if she's still perfectly good, now is there? Exactly, and stylin'. Chemist looks down over the recent additions to the paper and sees a few more entries that warm her heart, including 1984 Subaru Leon, 286,000 miles, the lion still roars, John Scully Green, sand glass. Just as she is about to look away, a middle-aged woman with short gray hair, wearing cycling attire, pays for her Heaven's Brothers fall line double espresso, then walks over to the roll and writes, Classic Apple iPhone 3. I miss Steve Jobs, Barb Shoemaker, Spokane. Chemist runs right up to the woman and hugs her to show her appreciation. Thank you. Chapter 28. Velscone 2011 Classic Chukka Boots. Liz, this salmon is delicious, Chemist says as she drinks from her wine glass. She, Liz, Graham, and Tilly enjoy dinner on Graham's patio two nights before Tilly leaves for Banff. Pedro and Roxy lie at their feet. It's from a local Bristol Bay fisherman in town. Thank you for this amazing dinner, Tilly agrees. Here's to Tilly, Liz says as she raises her glass. They raise their glasses to toast. It was delicious. Please leave the dishes for me, Graham says as he gets up, kisses Liz on the cheek, and walks down the steps of the patio. Tilly follows him. They get onto the trainer bikes in their dinner clothes and start spinning. Kama starts to follow. Liz holds her arm gently. I'm still getting used to this, Tilly says. Staying in one place is not your strong suit, Graham teases as he looks out over the lake. I never tire of this view. You know, I saw you up at your house before I came to your dock. I know. How do you know? Because I saw you too. Thank you for training me, no matter what happens. Thank you for training me, too. Why did you quit competing? Tilly asked quietly. I had a bad crash. Why didn't you compete again? The easy answer is that it was pretty brutal. A vehicle pulled out in front of me during a town portion of a fast course in France. Oh, I'm sorry. Was Liz around? Yes, we had a tiny apartment in Poe, but we parted ways because I was a knucklehead. Then we went to different grad schools and lost touch. I married, went through a divorce, and generally moped around for quite a few years. Moping's not good. No, it's certainly not. I think that should be a training rule. Yep. They spend for a few minutes without talking. 
I lost my mom and dad a long time ago. Some people get their motivation from a tragedy. I miss them every day, but everyone dies. I don't think my parents would want my life to be about their death. Does that make sense? What should it be about? I'm not sure, just something else. Graham stops pedaling and gets off the bike. Tilly gets down and grabs Graham in a hug. They walk back towards the cottage and both bend down to pet Roxy and Pedro as the sun sets over the lake behind them. Tilly and Frida move in slow, flowing yoga postures at the sacred grounds. They are meditative and beautifully peaceful on their mats overlooking the lake. They flow in unison through several poses, then sit cross-legged with their eyes closed. Tilly opens her eyes slowly. I think the thing I love most about this place, besides feeling the ancestors with me, is Peace Rock, Tilly says gazing over to the large smooth oval stone sitting at the top of a nearby mount. It gives me hope when hope is hard to see. Frida speaks lovingly. That stone was used by the women hundreds of years ago to pound corn and seeds. It is said that they realized the prayers they chanted while working were coming true. Every day they moved it infinitesimally small distances towards the top of the sacred mound where all, but primarily men, would go to meet the ancestors in ceremony and prayer. By the time it reached the top, it had taken more than a year. The women had stopped using it for food by then and instead used it to make offerings of beautiful sacred objects, a feather, a baby's first lost tooth, a stone, a shed antler, a flower. Dear one, why do you find hope so distant? I see so many useless belongings and that creating them is killing the earth. Men show by what they worship what they are. Tilly pulls a cream and brown striped feather out of her pack. I found this on my way here. May I make an offering of it? You know the answer to that. Tilly holds the feather in both of her hands. She takes a deep breath and begins a sweet chant, over which Frida's voice coats her in love and protection. Frida lightly cups her hands over Tilly's. Tilly stands, walks to the peace stone, and kneels. Frida stands behind her as Tilly places the hawk feather gently in the recessed center. She picks up a small twig to hold the offering in place and bows her head in reverence. Chapter 29, Red and Ivory, 1971, Volkswagen Combi Bus Manual 4-Speed. Latera 22, Sanglass's Coziest Pub in Ratskeller, isn't typically open before noon, but Niz, the owner, has hired a band to celebrate Tilly's send-off. Camas, Ike, and the bike guys enjoy a pint on the front sidewalk. A man in cuffed eggplant-colored canvas pants, suspenders, and an open-road rancher, short-brimmed Stetson, hand letters and industrial enamel, Latera 22 on the window, as a local blues duo plays a Muddy Waters cover. People in town who have kept track of Tilly's training and even those who are just there for the beer wish her good luck and dance to the music. We should get on the road, Graham says to Camus. No beer for you? I'm driving. All right. Tilly, can I buy you another beer? Camus asks. No, thanks. I think Graham's ready to go. Tilly puts her backpack into the back of Liz's van. Where's Liz? Tilly asks, wanting to say goodbye. She's inside dancing. I'll get her. 
Graham says going inside the pub. That guy's a party pooper, Camus complains. He's being responsible, I guess. There will be more beer in Canada. They drink that horrible piss water, Labatt's. I bet if a tall, handsome Canadian hawker player offers you a Labatt's bottoms up, Camus agrees. Liz walks out of the pub and laughs as she overhears the conversation. She puts her arm around Camus. I'm sure you'll find some craft beer in Banff. Liz turns to face Tilly. Have fun, Liz says as she hugs Tilly. Break a leg, Tilly, Josh says. Break a leg? Cutter questions. It's a figure of speech from theater. It means good luck, Josh responds. Even so. Thanks, guys, Tilly says as she looks at all of them with tears in her eyes. I'll do my best. Tilly embraces each of them except Reeve, who is at the back of the van helping to secure the bikes. Camus is right behind her and hugs them too in her flirtatious way. Tilly walks up to Reeve and gives him a big hug. Run your own race, Reeve says. Tilly touches the locket around her neck. Thanks, Reeve, for everything. Where's Ike and P? Tilly asks. He told me he didn't think he could hold it together and might cry in front of P and the guys if he were here. He asked me to give you a hug for them. Tilly smiles, gives Reeves another quick hug, then walks over to Liz, who is holding Graham's hand. You know how much I wish I could come with you, but I have to hold down the store, Liz says. I wish you could be there, too. Thank you so much for lending us your van. Of course. You pretend those waters and hills and roads are right here, that they're yours because they are. I'll make sure Bert takes good care of P, and I'll bring Roxy over to see him, too. Thank you. Liz kisses Graham and squeezes his hand tightly as he gets into the driver's seat of her vintage Volkswagen bus. Tilly climbs into the back and Camus into the passenger seat. The van is loaded full of gear with the bikes on a trailer in tow. Tilly looks at the friendly crowd on the street, then up to the sky. The sky's beautiful. Looks like rain. Sure does. Luckily, we're going to be 300 miles north, Graham says. Graham looks intently at Liz as she stands outside his window. Don't let Roxy rule the roost, Liz smiles. Stay out of the lightning, gentlemen, Graham calls. We'll try, Reeve shouts back. The van pulls out into the street and people on the sidewalk call out, Good luck, Tilly! Reeve and the bike guys wave, finish their beers and jump on their bikes. As they ride down the street, they hoop and holler to the thunder, then horse around doing bike polo spins, wheelies, and tricks as the lightning streaks through the sky over the lake. Chapter 30 Vintage 1978 Hang 10 Blue Nylon Four-Pocket Windbreaker with Embroidered Hang 10 Feet and Hidden Inner Drawstring Why don't I swim across? Tilly asks as they wait in the van for the Kootenai Lake Ferry to arrive. It's too far, Graham responds. It's twice the race distance, a total of five miles. I looked it up. That's too far. I swim farther than that all the time. I didn't bring the kayak. Camus hops out of the van, pulls on a retro Navy surfer windbreaker, and runs down to the marina. Graham continues his argument of dissuasion, but Tilly is not convinced. It's too close to the race. It's five days away. You told me the training plan. I only need to lay low for the last 48 hours. Camus runs back up to the van. I found a boat that will follow you. It's too dangerous. Don't turn around. I'm changing. 
Tilly says firmly as she quickly takes off her clothes to put on her suit and try wetsuit. Grandma bides. Damn it. You aren't mad. He looks straight ahead at the lake and the large ferry that is just pulling in. How do you know? Because I've seen you angry before. Hurry up. Get out then. The ferry line is moving. Okay. I'll time you. See? Tilly smiles as she gets out of the van. Graham leaves the van on the parking deck and climbs the stairs to the top deck. Look, a person's swimming down there, an older woman calls out. People crowd over to the side of the ferry to see. It looks like she's racing the ferry. Graham looks down at his watch as he times Tilly swimming. Could very well be. The woman looks at Graham and then back to Tilly in disbelief. What's the swimmer's name? Tilly de Montan. She's swimming to Bamp for the Ironman triathlon. Go Tilly! The woman cheers. The other passengers cheer. Tilly! 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 Tilly swims strongly. Camus, who sits very close to the handsome young fisherman driving the boat, smiles and waves like a beauty queen in a parade to the crowd on the ferry. To be continued. Podcast music is Dalai Lama Riding a Bike by Javier Peque Rodriguez. A link to his music on Spotify and Bandcamp are in the show notes. Support messages of peace in the planet by joining my Patreon for as little as a cup of coffee per month at patreon.com. Just search Avis Kalbspeck or Pedro the Water Dog to find me. Pedro the Water Dog Saves the Planet books 1 through 5 are available at all your favorite online bookstores or at avaskalfspec.com. Please subscribe to this podcast wherever you enjoy your podcasts. Thank you again. Listen for the peace. <laughs>